and I almost reached through the phone and slapped him in the face. Daniel, we, we got a call mid-game. The, the law firm of Daniel Clinton Locks got a call that said... We did. An emergency, an emergency drafting. Governor, I hear you down in Georgia, there's like a runoff for governor right now. Can I give a third vote, please? Sam Pittman for governor. This one goes to 11. This one goes... Why wouldn't you just make 10 louder? Well, it's 11. It's it's one more. Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we're two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One is a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you do. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would at a tailgate, in your backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs. So let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Talking Dogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. Clint, week... What the heck week are we on? Was this week 10? Week 11? Week 10. College football season? Week 10. Goodness gracious, where's the time gone? We spend all year waiting for this thing, and now it's over. I know. It's I know. basically over. We just started, it's and gross. it's over. Yeah. It really is gross. You can't really think about it. It's depressing. Yeah. Do you know what would be more depressing? If our team wasn't still in it. If that, we didn't have something to play yeah. for. If we had two losses, and one of them was up in <clears throat> in Kentucky, that would have been real, real depressing, Daniel. Yeah. What about if we had four losses? What if, what what kind of year would that make if you had four L's in that column, Daniel? Four L's? I don't I don't mean I, to I don't mean to toot my own horn. I really don't. But let me for a moment, Daniel. It let seems me like you're gonna anyway. I'm so gonna anyway. Regardless of objections to the contrary, I don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember a, a good-looking gentleman at the beginning of the season saying, "Auburn's Auburn might lose four, five, six games this year." Well, here we are, mid-November, and they're sitting on four. And yeah. I think we can all <laughs> safely predict number five is coming. It's it's coming, people. Go ahead and lock so, that up. Whatever line that is right now, if you can get it. Uh, go get it. I just want to. I just want to take a quick moment, in uh, just in celebration of irony. I Ooh. guess maybe. Let me ask you this, Clint. What's what's Auburn's record going to be heading into the bowl game? If you could predict it, what would it be? They only got two games left. Yeah, They're currently six and four. It's it's going to be seven and five. Seven and five. How much money did did Auburn sign Gus Malzahn to in the offseason? How many millions of dollars? Seven plus. Uh, it was it was seventy five million. Oh, I thought you meant I thought you meant like per year. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, not yeah. per year. Oh, total yeah. seventy five contract. Correct. So Gus took that seven and five that he he was given, and you know what? He just gave it right back. He said to Auburn. He's he said to to whom much is given. Much is required. And, and so you gave me this. Let me just mirror image this on the field. I just see a whole lot of seven and five. Let me do it for you. 
Auburn, suggestion, next time you sign Gus to a contract, you might want to sign him to a $102 million contract. Mm, just just I, saying. I don't know. Throwing it out there. Just a, just a suggestion to you. I know it's a lot of money. Also, but... legal department, next time you sign Gus to any contract, go ahead and have a real firm buyout clause in there. Yeah. Also, legal department, uh, athletic director, next time you sign Gus to a long-term contract, just tender your resignation. <laughs> because <laughs> Look for a new career. Because it's over for you. Yeah, could you imagine uh, Auburn giving him a... Like, it, in what <laughs> world would it take that Gus gets another extension at Auburn? Let me explain it to you, Clint. Next season, Auburn goes... 11 and 1 and beats Alabama. Oh, there it is. And plays for the SEC championship again. Auburn gives them an extension. <laughs> that's, that's what they do. They just say, you know what? Tack on a couple of years to the end of the contract. And you, you probably don't even know this or remember this, but Georgia Tech signed. Georgia Tech made the Final Four in basketball. Uh, and their coach was Paul Hewitt. And he, um, he got this team to the Final Four. And Georgia Tech, the following offseason, signed to a contract that was a seven-year revolving contract that automatically renewed for a seventh year every offseason. So he was permanently on a seven-year deal with a seven-year buyout. <laughs> so any time they fired him ever... They had to pay him for seven. It was the dumbest contract in the history of sports. And Paul Hewitt went on to be average to awful as a coach. And Georgia Tech eventually had to let him go and had to basically put a mortgage on their entire athletic department in order to pay his buyout uh, because they made one Final Four. And they said, you know what? This is as good as it's ever going to get here at Georgia Tech. I've wondered just... for years how Paul Johnson is is still roaming the sidelines. I now understand why. Paul Paul John because they got no money. I was just, that's what I was going to say. Literally, probably still paying Paul Hewitt money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, hey, by the way, if you are uh, if you are a sports marketing major or a sports management major at the University of Georgia Tech. Um, stop now. Find transfer, and find some other place to go. Transfer. Just, just do yourself a favor. Yeah, Daniel, um, it's, it's good to not be seven and, or not to be six and four. It's good to be a dog right now. It is great to be a dog right now. Let's talk about. We're gonna get plenty into the Auburn game. Um, we got plenty of topics to discuss. We have plenty of things to keep ourselves busy. For this podcast, but let's start. The weekend didn't start on Saturday, Clint. Did no, it? No, it didn't. Started the on Friday. The weekend began on Friday night. Um, the you get a phone call. You need to take that. No, you know, I'm, are we? I'm just. Are we good, Daniel? I'm, I'm just a really busy guy. Uh, no, I understand. Real, real popular. Guy. I totally understand. Okay. Sorry to sorry to intrude this <laughs> podcast on behalf of the listeners. I we apologize to you for interfering with I your accept, life. I accept your apology. Um. Uh, Georgia basketball team was in action on Friday night. They were against Savannah State. Um, yeah, give me 
do you have any takeaways from that game? Clem, I'm going to let you take the lead here. I have a couple uh, Did you notice takeaways. anything? Did well, you notice anything about basketball? Oh, well, I noticed something about basketball. My, my one big thing before the year began, I said I wanted college basketball at UGA to be fun and for me to get excited. Uh, Daniel, that was achieved, I would say. Oh, we, um, yeah, we may have hit the mark we on that some, That was a fun game. Fun. My word, was it fun. Yeah, that um, uh, 110 points, uh, and I mean the tempo, mm-hmm. the excitement, the athleticism was on my full wife was, display. My wife was watching the game with me in between falling asleep, and <laughs> she said, um, "She said, is it just me or are our players like? Do we have way more athletic players than we've ever had?" before and i said well that's that's right and wrong it's it's not that we have more athletic players that's not true what's true is that our players are playing athletically yes for the first time in a long time they're 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 out there playing as if they're athletes which it turns out is not only much more enjoyable to watch but it's much more effective in terms of scoring points yep um, so I'm not going to read too much into Savannah State. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds. It's Savannah yeah. State, guys. The last time Georgia scored 100 points was 10 plus years ago. Um, we've played garbage teams every year. We've never scored that many points, but I mean, we've also never given up that many points, or rarely have we given up that many points to a garbage team. So this was a bit of a different team. I mean, this was a team that from the from the second they crossed half court. They they were shooting the three immediately. They missed their first 92 shots in the game, which gave us a significant cushion to get started on. Um, our first 40 possessions, we had a dunk, I believe. I didn't keep track exactly, but I think, I think we started the game with like I think we started the game with 36 dunks uh, and four turnovers in our first 40 possessions. But uh, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds. I don't think there's much that you can really learn about this team in terms of how good we're going to be, but I do think there's a lot you can learn about this team in terms of how exciting we're going to be. We have some exciting players to watch. We have some good eyeball tests. Athletes are being athletes, and that's what I love about basketball, so give it to me all day long. Claxton played well. Uh, The three ball was great. We had high percentage, I think, across the board. Um, Yeah, really Really decent three-point percentage in the game. We went 11 of 27, which, again, is not anything that you're going to, um, you know, put a hang a banner for. But it's it's safely well over 50% or well over uh, 33% from three, up around 40%. And so um, that's a decent number. Free throw shooting was not uh, so great. No. But... Yeah, so Tishon Hightower led the team in scoring. I would not say that he was the best player on the court. No. Um, he did go three of six from three, uh, which is is good. I mean, good that's you, fantastic. Man. That's um, Tishon Hightower is a streaky shooter, and if, if we can get him 
shooting a volume and and making uh, a decent percentage. It's going to do a ton for this team. He is a much more willing shooter than Turtle Jackson is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so if he if he will shoot and make, that'll be good for us. Tyree Crump got hot again. Tyree Crump. I, mean, Crump. He, I was I think besides Claxton, I was most excited to see Crump in this game. He have. He hit four in a row, and you thought, "Oh, he may never miss again." Yeah. He he looked like uh, three. His three point field goals for the game, he ended up four of nine, which means that those four in a row that he hit, were it. That was it. That's what you got from him. Uh, But listen, if he has one of those streaks every game, it's going to really help us. Yes. Honestly. Yes. He he's playing better defense than he's played in the last couple of years. I think he's growing up a little bit defensively. And I think if he gets hot just one time per game, that would be fantastic for us. Derek Ogrede looks like he's alive for the first time in his life. I don't like he. I he looked at the stat like sheet after the game and he was on there. Daniel, he, he made the stat oh. sheet in a, not, oh, just, you mean, not just by on there. Do you mean he went six for six from the field scoring 12 points in 13 minutes? That's what I mean. Daniel. So that's what I mean. 12 like, points in 12 points in 13 minutes. Is that a that's, good I don't, I don't know about good. these metrics yeah. they're talking about in basketball anymore, but they're talking that's about, pretty... you know, plus minus on minutes and things like that. I don't know what yeah. that, that equates to, but good is my guess. Point per minute is, is that's, that's where you want to be. Yeah. Um, uh, let me just, uh, freshman that excited you the most, Clint, did you, did you have any of the freshmen that stood out to you in this game? I, I was just more excited about Claxton and... Uh, I think, I think watching him was my most exciting point of the game. Yeah. Um, so, I gotta say this guy, this this Amanze Ingumezi guy. Okay. I think. Listen, our boy Jake from UJ yeah. Hoops fans Twitter. He turns on this guy. He used the word Yante Maiden, and I almost reached through the phone and slapped him in the face. Which would have been uh, a feat. That'd have been awesome. Well, Jake, you're lucky that that, that didn't happen because it was close. Uh, but. But man, he came in and he looked absolutely fantastic. You know what I'm talking about? He scored ten points in eleven minutes in the game. He hit a three. He had a dunk. He had a great pass on a break. He had a he had a great assist on a break. He actually finished with three assists in the game. He I thought he looked fantastic in very limited time. He looks like a guy that you can't keep off the floor. Yeah. Um he yeah. did not play the most minutes of of the freshman. Uh, Ty Fagan by far played the most minutes of the freshman and was the first freshman off the bench, which was a little surprising to me. But I think you're going to see Ingumezi rotating in quite a bit as he learns yeah. uh, how to how to play big big boy basketball. So, and that's what I again I I'm I'm really concerned about the the rotation on the seven through eight and see who that is and if he cracks that up there and he's getting more minutes. Uh, more power to him. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, is one of the things that I, I loved about what you just said about the, the passing and guys being athletic and, and spreading the floor and getting other guys involved, uh, it reminded me a lot of, you know, uh, UGA football where uh, Terry Godwin couldn't be more excited to throw a block for DeAndre Swift downfield. And then likewise, DeAndre Swift says, I'll I'll come out and I'll do the same for you, Terry, on your runs. Uh, it just feels like the more... This team gets going. the The more exciting it could be to see really athletic freaks making space and plays for other guys to set them up for great things. Uh, is there anything else on this on this basketball team that 
is eerily similar to our football team, Daniel? I'm going to tell you guys, if you did not, if you did not, if you don't follow, first of all, the UGA basketball Twitter account, if you're go on Twitter, so. you need to, you need to go do that. Um, because Clinton eyes, one of Clinton eyes favorite things about the videos that Georgia football puts out mm. or when you get into the locker room and you get to see, mm. you get to hear Mel Tucker mm-hmm. and you get to hear Kirby Smart. Uh, pre-game, halftime, post-game, uh, you just feel like you get a little insight into what they're at. In a press conference, Kirby, no, he is he is very scripted and he is he is very on topic. Mm-hmm. But when you get him in the locker room, that's when real Kirby starts to come out. Uh, and we get a little taste of that from old Tom Crean before this game. If you haven't seen this video of Tom Crean, it's just a snip. It's just a little snippet. But yeah, about he is bringing seconds. he is bringing the intensity in a big time way, and it made me just want it made me want to go buy Georgia basketball season tickets mm-hmm. and drive six hours from Nashville to Athens every two times a week <laughs> and go and and get into every one of these games. Listen, uh, Tom Crean, you can just tell the players love playing for him. You can tell they're having fun, and what excites me is that. I don't know how we're going to do this here. We go to Temple on Tuesday. We didn't learn, in my mind, we had a lot of fun on Friday night. Yeah, we we didn't did. learn anything about our team. No. Nothing. We will learn a lot about our team at Temple. We're not going to score 100 points. I hope we score 70 points, to be yeah. totally honest with you. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to learn a lot about our team at Temple. But what excites me, no matter what happens this season, is that I feel like what's going to happen this season is that we're going to put a product on the floor yes. that high school kids in the state of Georgia are going to want to be a part of. Tom Crean, we know he has a magnetic personality. We know he's coached a lot of NBA talent. We know he's going to continue to shove that in the face of every recruit that comes across his path. Absolutely. If, but, you guys, if you guys don't realize this, I didn't realize this. Again, I'm getting into college basketball more. I was a, a fan on the the curb for a while. Now I'm just getting thrust into the deep end. Tom Crean on his resume of, of college hoops players that have made it big time in the league. He's got some shining stars on there. He's guys. got a few, he's uh, got a few on there. He's got a few. And so I love Tom Crean, this video that Daniel's talking about. Uh, he's, he's talking to his players and, and saying, you know, we're going to be a two way two end 40 minute team. And people are going to essentially like people are going to know they played us. And we're not going to stop until uh, until that final final sound goes. Uh, it was exciting, guys, to watch him get fired up. And he is reminiscent of Kirby. I just think him and Kirby are like, you know, going to Costco, grabbing 10 rotisserie chickens and stuffing them in the fridge at the athletic department and just saying, you know, like, we're going to be all, here all night. Let's eat some food and talk and share some, some insight. Uh, I would love to be in on that meeting. Well, I'd love to just get a piece of that rotisserie chicken. That sounds that's all, fantastic. That's all I want. That's just why can't I get why can't I get some of that chicken? Kirby share, man. All. Uh all right, basketball team. Listen, Temple game on Tuesday, guys. It Clint, do you agree? It's a must watch if you're a Georgia basketball. Clint. I will be watching it's, it hundred percent. I will be it's a 
This is a must-watch game. We are going to learn a lot about our team. I know Temple. Night. Temple is a name that I know in college hoops from years past. They've, I've seen them all through my eyes before. Savannah State. I've never seen play basketball until this last Friday. Sure. Temple, I have, and I want to see what they do on the road with that test. Yes, must watch. All right, let's get back to the football team. All right, let's do it. Um, I just want to start with this. As we talk about Auburn, I want to start with my favorite moment of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, were there a lot of great moments in the game? There were. Daniel, you my said favorite, your, your favorite part of the game, and automatically 15 things came to mind that you can choose from. Let me just say this. My favorite moment of the game was an incomplete pass. Clint, does that does that give you an insight as to where I'm going? It, it does, Daniel, because my, my, my goodness, favorite yes. moment of the game, by far, I laughed out loud to the point that Asher was so confused because he said, dad, (laughs) we didn't score on that play. We didn't, it didn't work. The pass was incomplete. Oh, Asher, it worked. And I was just laughing so hard when Kirby called that fake field goal and Rodrigo airmailed it and Isaac Nauta forgot how to have feet. Yeah. What Uh, is going on, Isaac? I, I, I could not stop laughing because Clint, we talked about it on Thursday's show. How much does Kirby hate Gus Malzahn? How much? I, I thought I knew how much he hates Gus. I you thought did. I knew. And I, I rightly said, yes, they're not exchanging Christmas cards. They're not invited to the rotisserie chicken eat-off at midnight. Uh, <laughs> but I had no idea, Daniel, that he hated him this much. Mm. To be down on the goal line, instead of taking points for him to say... I want Rodrigo throwing a touchdown pass. I want Rodrigo to look better than Jared Stidham is what I want to see happen. Mm. Uh, let's mm. make that happen, boys. Can we go get that? Because I want Gus, I want to take his face and rub it in the pee on the carpet that he has just soiled. That's what Kirby said. Gosh, that was my favorite moment of the game. There were so many great moments in this game. Um, Terry Godwin. I, there's not there's not a player on this team I like more than Terry Godwin right now. I just hundred percent. I'm not saying he's the best player on this team. No, but he's my guy. That I mean that's that guy. You look at the Notre Dame catch oh. last year, which underrated. That play gets overshadowed by the strip sacks. You know the sacks at the end yeah. that, that really iced the game. But to, with, without Terry Godwin. That game is gone, and without that game, the season is gone. Terry Godwin uh, has been as steady these last two years as any player on Georgia's team, and man, he had a. I was so happy to see him have a big day uh, fourth, on Saturday. Fourth down, Daniel. Fourth down. Fourth down. What are we gonna What are we gonna do? Are we gonna run a jet sweep, Clint? Are we gonna run a jet sweep? Hey, hey! By the way, really quick, standing ovation and a clap. Just, we did not see anybody fly across the middle and get handed a shovel pass for negative eight yards. Oh, man. That that fourth down play was absolutely fantastic. He put a move <laughs> on that guy at the top of that route. May God have mercy on his soul. Daniel, that guy, we, we got a call mid-game. The, the law firm did. of Daniel Clinton Locks got a call. We did. That an said emergency, <laughs> an emergency drafting. 
they said, look, I know normally DeAndre Baker is the uh, the the plaintiff in the case uh, on mm-hmm. on the on the law firm uh, mm-hmm. of my will and testament, but I, I need to put Terry Godwin. Can I get an insurance policy on Terry Godwin planting a right yeah. foot and breaking me off a route? Take care of that man's family because he did. He did. He yes. Just, he gone. That's not that guy's dead. Um, uh, Clint, what stands out to you from this game? Where do you want to start? Where do you want to? Oh where do you want to? Gosh. What do you want to dive into when it comes to this game? I'm... Daniel, this game, uh, I had this game as a lock to cover. Uh, I said we were going to roll. You did. Um, you did. This... I was too scared, Clint. You were too, I was scared. too scared. No, I, I Full was disclosure, not... I came back and I bet that game on there Saturday. There we go. There I'm we go. I did. But uh, you got him at a discount. You got him at 13 and a half. I did. Yeah. I did. I liked him at 13 and a half, but, uh, but yeah. I should have I should have been confident. Uh, Daniel, here's something. This is going to be the first time. Well, not the first time. We've used his name on the uh, season preview show. This is going to be the first time we've talked about him in season uh, since this podcast began. And this is where I want to start in this game because I was told countless times by ESPN's inept crew that Auburn has these monsters in the middle mm. that can't be contained. Mm. That can't be mm. stopped. That Todd will... McShay loves him. Todd, Todd McShay, brother, He's what's soaring up draft boards? Soaring up draft. Hey, uh, hey, Todd. Todd, can you give me your assessment and grade of the offensive D lineman, or I'm sorry, the Auburn D lineman going up against our offense? Could you give me a grade on how they came out of this game, please, sir? I would love mm. to hear that because where's old Derek Brown? Where's he at now? Where, where'd, where'd old Derek Brown go? Did he go somewhere? Because I, I didn't, I didn't really see him that much, Daniel, in this game, because there was just a a red jersey enveloping him and mm. and pushing him where they wanted him to go, Daniel. There was a sixty six that literally was just covering Eclip- him like a blob. Yeah, eclipsed him. Mm. You know, just yeah. said, "Nope, you ain't going nowhere." Mm. Uh, I want to talk about Sam Pittman and how there much. It is. I want to make Sam Pittman co-offensive coordinator, uh, uh, co-head coach, co-head coach. Yeah, sure. Uh, Co-athletic director. I don't. That's right. I don't care. uh, Governor, I hear you down in Georgia. There's like a runoff for governor right now. Can I give a third (laughs) vote, please? Can I suggest a third name in the middle of that right now? Since there's a recount going on. Sam Pittman for governor because whatever Sam it Pittman takes. Sam might win a darn recount. I'm right telling now. you what. Just, <laughs> Sam Pittman comes uh, in as a swing vote. Comes in and just. Uh, I Sam want Pittman. to gush on Sam Pittman from this game, Daniel, because he is a master when it comes to making road grading offensive linemen. Yeah, and uh, there's so many ways that you could go with that. Sam Pittman is, I mean, he's a fantastic recruiter. Yes, he is. Look at the depth that we have on this team. Look at the... How many, and how many more we have coming, Offensive are dropping like flies. They are. Okay? In years past, this is season ending. Hey, Daniel, can I give you, can I give you a name? Can I give you a name? This is an absolute killer to your season. Can I give you a name? Who was our starting guard? Mm, Please don't. Catalina, please Daniel, please don't. That's the left tackle. Oh, le- that's right. Ty- that's right. He 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 came. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, he came from Tyler what grad Catalina. school? Catalina. 
did he come from in New England? It was like maybe it yeah. was UMass. I swear. He came University from. of Maine, I Rhode Island. Yeah, uh, that was our when he went. He had an injury, and we were just like, "Well, he's he's starting." I don't know what else we got on the bench if no one else can crack the top. We didn't have five. any tackles on our team. We had no one when when Kirby showed up in town. Nope. And what did Kirby and Sam Pittman go out and do? They just Kirby stared down Sam, and there was no words communicated. <laughs> All that was needed was just Kirby's, you know, telekinetic power. And Sam just nodded his head silently and went out and found all of them, Daniel. All of them. I mean, Lamont, Ben, Cade, Andrew Thomas. Ooh. They've all suffered significant injuries. Mm-hmm. And yet, Clint. And yet, Daniel, we are still going. We are still going strong. The offensive line just cannot be stopped. There's nothing that's happening to our offense that is skipping a beat. Normally, you would have to do things uh, like with these kind of injuries. You'd have to morph your identity. You'd have to change a la uh, Auburn with no running game uh, at all. Uh, A la Gus saying, I don't have a running back worth it or offensive line that can do anything. You'd have to become a passing team or, you know, a stupid tunnel screen team. But not Georgia. We keep our identity no matter who rotates in. And the playbook doesn't stop at all. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that um, the recruiting has just made it so that we're not even... I mean, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the injuries. Yes, yes. But I'm I'm not losing my mind. And we haven't lost any games because of it. I think that's the key. It hasn't been a liability, which is insane. It's not really. It's not just Sam Pittman as a recruiter, though. No, that makes him so genius. Can we talk about Solomon Kinley for a second? Solly. Was Solomon was Solomon Kinley a big recruiting coup? Was he somebody that that was just a, a really big deal when we when we signed that three star? Was he a recruiting? known Was he a known offensive lineman, Daniel? No, no, he, he was not. What, what was he? He was he. Just a big guy, just dude. Like he, he just big dude. Dude. Yep. Sam Pittman looked around and said, "You know what? Mm-hmm. We ain't got, we ain't got enough big dudes. <laughs> There's a big dude. Let's take him." I can and then what you. did, and then what did Sam Pittman do? Listen, who's going to replace Solomon Kinley on the offensive line? Let me tell you who's going to replace Solomon Kinley on the offensive line. Ben Cleveland's going to replace him. Uh, Cade Mays is going to replace him. Notori Johnson's going to replace him. Mm-hmm. Justin Schaefer is going to replace him. Trey Hill's going to replace him. Jamari Sawyer is going to replace him. Keep going. Just Every, everyone that we've recruited for the last two years is going to replace Solomon Kinley on the offensive line. Let me ask you, Clint, who's replaced Solomon Kinley on the offensive line? Nobody. He, is he still playing, Daniel? He's still starting? Did he have a big moment in this game? Did he He's affect there. the game to win for Georgia on Saturday? <laughs> yes, he did. He's still there. Uh, they said, we got to get somebody out of here. And so Kendall Baker came out. Correct. They said, Ben Cleveland's healthy. Cade Mays is playing lights out. And so I guess Ben Cleveland's not going to start. Sally's because still going. Both guard spots are taken. 
Something yep. Kenley, man. He has just he just he's not gonna be replaced. And I love it. No. I love Sam Pittman, the developer. Um so listen, Sam, we're gonna lose we're gonna lose him one day. Sam Dog fans. Sam, don't don't go, bro. Like no, let me, we're gonna let me lose start him. the let me start the campaign now. Don't go, bro. We're gonna lose him one day, dog fans, but we need to appreciate what we have while we have it. Gush and over him, people. You a, have no idea how hard it is to make offensive linemen like this. Like like every once in a while you make a Joe Thomas type player that's just transcendent and is mean and ugly and has <coughs> so many streaks of anger in him. We have a couple guys like that. Uh but but even the play calling on on Swift the run did you, it was a trap block. We're, we're doing yep. we're known as this zone inside team one step up and all of a sudden Sam Pittman says no 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 run a trap. Well, you know it'd be fun. Pull this guy across this? the center. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll knock somebody out. Open a hole wide enough for Swift just to see for days. I, I can't mm-hmm. I can't say enough good things about Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman's the man. He is. Um, uh, uh, Daniel, I, I also want to talk about from this game. Um, is it is it fair to say that your confidence in this team has reached an all time high this year? That is fair to say. Yeah. My confidence is at an all time high. Yes. For the year. For the year, correct. Uh, I would agree with that. Even preseason, when I when I predicted us to go undefeated, uh, I thought we were going to have some stumbles and it was going to be closer than this. But I am an all-time high of confidence. Uh, Daniel, I want to I go through and I want to say since LSU, so include LSU to now, uh, I want to talk about where you were confidence-wise. And now we're after the after the LSU game. Yes, where after was that's sort after of the, the low LSU. point. I think we can all agree. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then season. and then now, where is your confidence on these these positions or areas of the team? All right. All right. Let's do it. I want to start with our overall defense scale of one to ten. Confidence after LSU until now. Where are you overall defense confidence meter? Overall defense after the LSU game, and listen, I'm the guy, I was on record as saying the problem with the LSU game was the defense. Correct. It was not the play calling, it was not the, it was the defense. It was our run-stopping ability. Gosh. And looking back now, which this is not, I didn't feel this way at the time, but looking back now, you realize just what a bad offense LSU is. Oh, man, And we still they? let them do that to us. Yeah. Goodness gracious. My confidence level in the overall defense, because it's helped a lot by DeAndre Baker, uh, is was probably after the LSU game was probably like a five. Yeah, I was probably like a five out of ten. Today, I mean, I'm, I love this defense. Love. I just got. I'm ready to. I'm ready to. I told you on on Saturday. I'm ready to officially declare my love for Monty Rice. Yeah, you are. I think he's my favorite player on the team. Now we're talking. Listen, Monty Rice is going to be the consistent force at inside linebacker for years to come that we hoped he would be going into the season. Yes, he will be. Um, Monty Rice is a tackling machine, and I love the way he flies around. 
Do you get the sense? I know we get frustrated sometimes, and I get frustrated. With this Kirby is as tight-lipped as they come on information. Uh, DeAndre Swift was clearly not even close to a hundred percent to begin or the first quarter or the first half of the season, and now, hello, uh, Monty Rice feels the same thing. That we don't know exactly what was going on with these players, and. And I've been on record as defending Kirby. He doesn't need to, guys. As infuriating nope. as it is, frustrating it is, he don't need to, and I'm fine with him keeping it and withholding it from me. I don't care. But it's clear as day that a healthy Monty Rice is here, and he is a monster. He's a force to be reckoned with, for sure. Um, my overall confidence in the defense right now is at least a 7.5. Um, look, do I think... We have a, we're going to be able to really shut out and shut down a great offense. I don't know, but the pass rush is improving. The secondary play is got some issues. Uh, I guess now is as good a time as any to say, hey, look, hey, I'm not, I'm not writing off, I'm not writing off Campbell. Tyson Campbell, but it is so clear that he's not the best option at corner right now. I thought, and I texted you. I was ha- I was thrilled to see him get benched. Yes, thrilled to see him get benched because I'm sick of watching him do the same thing every game, over and over again. And 27 came in, and 27 played a heck of a ball game. What I think I love about 27 Stokes, I loved seeing this. Uh, you would see you would see Campbell line up, and he would. He would know the play. It was man coverage or whatever it was. And and he was locked in from the, the second that the offense comes and makes set. And he wouldn't move. He wouldn't look around. He wouldn't check. I looked down there and saw Stokes reading and then communicating with, with LeCount and saying, hey, 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 look at this. Hey, 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 let's switch this up. Talking, communicating, knowing what the offense was trying to do and knowing what the defense was trying to do and making adjustments. I think he just has a better grasp of what we're trying to accomplish and what Mel wants to do. Than Campbell, yeah, I, I, yeah, and again, I'm not ready to write off Tyson Campbell. No, but it's so clear he's just not the best option. The, the secondary, it still has some some kinks to work out. But my, yeah, my overall confidence in defense is it it's at an all time high for the season. That's for yeah. sure. The run defense, the the pass defense. I think, yeah. Uh, my overall confidence in them is an eight point five, eight eight point five. And I do believe we have now enough of enough talent on the field. I saw a stat where 22 guys have gotten snaps on defense for us this year, which is just insane. I think that number went up after this game. Uh, just an insane amount of rotation. And we said before the season we wanted to see rotation. We're seeing it. Um, how, how about on goal line when uh, Auburn subbed in packages and then half – our team on defense came out and we subbed in our package. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, I like seeing this sort of stuff. I really, really do. We got bullets in the chamber to use. Um, and I'm at 8.5 cause I think we have enough competency now to go up against another team's strength and match it. Not, not overwhelm it, but we can match. We got a good passing team. Great. Our secondary can rise. We got a, a team that can run the ball. Great. Our run defense and our linebackers are starting to come about. I'm at about 8.5. Let's get a little specific, though. Yeah. Speaking of the linebacking core, uh, let me let's let's narrow in because I think there's some work to be done here. There is. 
Let's talk about your confidence level post LSU when it came to the linebacking core specifically, inside and outside linebackers, versus your confidence level today. Okay. This next confidence meter is after LSU until now. Okay. Uh, Daniel, I, I'm at like a nine for our linebacking core right now, inside and outside. Mm. And the reason I'm so high on confidence meter is because I'm seeing guys flash unreal ability. I'm seeing Adam Anderson come in. I'm seeing Beal come in. I'm seeing Britton Cox come in. I'm seeing uh, uh, Juwan Taylor, bro. Hello. Let me. Let Help. me. Uh, we, should yeah. we pause, Clint? Do we, we need should to pause? pause? Let's let me. Uh, could we, let me hit could we the cue music. up a little? Let me hit cue the up music. a little. Uh, Daniel, right. Little apology now. music because I think the Clint Shamblin formal apology train is rolling out of the station once again. Once again. Tout on the horn. Here comes the train. Juwan Taylor. Bro, I'm sorry. Bro, I, yeah. I'm sorry. You, uh... Let it out. You a nasty, nasty man who loves hitting people. And I didn't give you enough credit. And I, I wanted you off the field. And turns out, I want you and Mon- Monty Rice roaming the middle for the rest of the season. You good with me, bro. I, I'll roll with you. I'll take you. I'm sorry, Juwan. Man. 44. You and 44 back in good graces. It feels good. It feels so good. It feels good. It feels good just to get these things off our off our chest. I'm glad we could I'm glad we get that taken care of. Um I'm at yeah, an all-time I, high with it. I I couldn't agree more. I I like this linebacking core. Um you know, even guys like Tay Crowder. Yeah. I'm fine with Monty Rice like I said. Uh, I love the influx. I love Adam Anderson getting more snaps because listen, he's skinny as uh, just just at, <laughs> as as a stick man out there. Like it just looks like Kevin Durant is out there playing outside linebacker. Yeah, I don't know slim, what the, I'm looking at. Sometimes the slim it looks Reaper like, is part yeah, two it on looks, our field. Literally, it looks like Nicholas Claxton has put on a football jersey <laughs> and and shrunk six inches, and now, but but listen, Adam Anderson. He can close with speed. Ooh. He can come off a, a left tackle with some f- with some fury. You know what I love about Adam Anderson? Again, he doesn't look that imposing. Like you see Britton Cox out there, and you're like, okay, this guy's this guy's gonna do mm-hmm. something. Adam Anderson bull rushed old left tackle mm-hmm. or right tackle uh, for Auburn and just put him back five yards, disregarded Listen. him, and closed on Stidham in a hurry. My he, man knows how to rush the passer. He knows right. how to get after it. This is the guy that had multiple sacks in the game when he played against Justin Fields in high school. Like this Correct. Is like he knows how to rush the passer. Uh, Adam Anderson, he can get after it. Like you said, uh, Channing Tindall. Oh, there's Tindall. so many names. There's so many names that aren't aren't even getting mentioned. Is Otis Reese? Uh, are we? Are I know we Otis him? Reese in the linebacker, but I know he's not a linebacker. But I'm including him. I got to talk about some Otis, like Otis Reese. I love him. I, he, look, he, did he get beat on our only touchdown play? He got yes, blown he because he because Auburn lined up in a stupid formation and he had a mental mistake. I'm going to go ahead mm-hmm. and give him a pass on that. Otis, you're okay mm-hmm. because you played which, really well. Which to his to but honestly, let's don't come to his defense too quickly because Otis Reese is a freshman, 
which normally would excuse you from something like that. But that means he's only one year removed from playing high school football, and Auburn is a high school football team. Ah, so he really point. should have been more prepared Good point. than some of the seniors on the team who haven't seen gimmick trick plays like this since they were, you know, at since they were juniors in high school. Since JV, coach said, we don't got enough talent to, to go with these boys, so we got to trick our way into it. Uh, by the yeah. way, Gus Malzahn has his choice of high school football jobs after this season, Daniel. He can just write his ticket of what high school he wants to head coach. I mean, yeah, or he could just spend his $75 million and not, not do anything. That's, <laughs> that's what I would do if I were him. Uh can we, let's can we talk about let's just lump it together Clint. can we talk about the backfield the offensive backfield let me just I let me just I, get, I, let me just put Jake from if I were to just package Jake from DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holyfield in a neat little box and I were to say how confident were you in those three men post LSU I was uh ooh you packaged them mhm Seven, seven and a half. Okay, where Maybe. where are you at now? Where are you at now? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Last week my needle broke on a couple of things with confidence meter. Uh, let let that break off again. The 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 steam is coming out of the sides of the engine. The gauges are cracking. Give this me this one goes to eleven. <laughs> this one goes. We, Why would not you just make ten louder? Just well, that's it's all eleven. It's do. it's one more. Uh, I am. Just give me our backfield all day long. I, there's nobody else I want to look at besides them. I just – who's going to win the Heisman? I just want to know because I don't keep up with that kind of crap, nonsense. Like it's who's going to win the Heisman? Tell me. It's, it's going to be uh, Kyler Murray or Tua or Will Greer. One oh, of those yeah. Three. I forgot about Tua. One of those three are going to win it. Because um, – yeah, anyway. We're not here to talk about other teams, but Kyler okay. Murray's so three, it's gonna be three. There's three quarterbacks. Three quarterbacks. Really? Yeah, that's it. Because there ain't no back in college football. There ain't no back in college football that I want before DeAndre Swift. Zero. Not one. Zero. Not one. We, you could try to tell me t- all about Crimson Tide running back, and you could tell me all about how big and bruising they are. You can try. Stop. I don't care about a single one of them. I'm going to say this. Brian Harrion cracks the list before you give me that crap, okay? Uh, Give me DeAndre Swift for days. You can talk about Dylan at BC. I don't care. You could talk about ETN at Clemson. I don't care. DeAndre Swift, and it's it's by a mile. Yeah, he's, he's the best back in college football. He is showing exactly who we hoped and thought he would be this season and and then some it's uh he's uh yeah he is like daniel he's got that he's got that one foot in the ground cut and then the speed it's it's elite watching this guy play it's elite Daniel, what do you give DeAndre Swift eclipsing your memory of Sony Michelle at UGA? I got room. I got room in there for both. There I you go. There's not there's not no there's not a 
That's like asking me, would Todd Gurley eclipse my memory of No. Sean Marino? It's not. It's not about that. That's not what happens. It's just now. Do I think DeAndre Swift has a chance to be better, have a better career than Sony Michelle? That's interesting. That could be. Okay. That, I mean, that could be something that we talk about. But it's not. He's not going to make me forget about it. No, not Sonny Michelle scored that touchdown in the Rose Bowl, Clint. Oh we're not we're not forgetting oh about no Sonny no, no, Michelle. No. Sonny okay? forever is tattooed on our hearts. That's top five favorite plays in the University of Georgia football All history. Time. And he's right there in the middle of it. All time. Um Can we talk about real quick how DeAndre Swift it needs less than two hundred yards to break a thousand for the season? I I, I saw that stat this. and that Wow. When Just was the wow. first time he had 100 yards in the game, Clint, this year? Do you know? Three games ago? Two games ago? Something yeah. like that? Florida. Florida. Florida okay. game. Yep. He's had 100 in the last three games. Let me just read off some of these numbers. Austin P. DeAndre Swift had eight carries for 43 yards. Uh, he was at 25% that game, I'm convinced. South Carolina. DeAndre Swift had 12 carries for 64 yards. 40%. Middle Tennessee, DeAndre Swift had four carries for 12 yards in the game. He had a 12-yard game earlier this year. I can't believe that. And he's going to break 1,000 on the year. Clint, 43, 64, 12, 71, 50, 50, 72. That was his first eight games (laughs) rushing. And then? And then... 8.7 8.7 yards a carry mm-hmm. versus Florida, 12 for 104. 9.8 yards a carry versus mm-hmm. Kentucky, 16 for 156. And, oh, I'm sorry, 10.9 yards per carry this week. 17 carries for a buck 86. Stop. Stop. Did he have 43 yards receiving as well? Oh, tack that on. Go ahead. A huge... Huge first down catch. Get past the sticks. Uh, I'm sorry. Did he give my man, mm-hmm. number four, for Auburn, did he give him a little bit of a high leg? And then when when my man for Auburn said, oh, he's not he's not going to shimmy past me, DeAndre <laughs> Swift said, nope, I'm not going to shimmy past you. I'm going to let you taste what my shoulder pad is mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And then he just put it inside of his chin. <laughs> that was my gosh. That was my favorite. That was my favorite offensive play of the first half. It was absolutely fantastic because he yeah. gave him a little high leg, like he was going to try to Reggie Bush him, yeah. and then all of a sudden he Lindell Whited him, yep. and it was over. Yep, yep. No need yeah. to go ahead and distinguish between am I fast or am I strong. Let me show you both. Speaking of both, Clint. Hmm. Can we just give a quick RIP to the Atlanta Falcons and their attempts to tackle Nick Chubb? Nah, it's, because it's not even close. They ain't. I didn't. Not present. They were not, not present. What was the? That, I, I don't follow uh, Falcons that closely. What was the? That's because uh, the NFL is a garbage product. Yeah, because the NFL is a garbage product, and I mean, I don't even. I, I think the Seahawks lost yesterday. I don't know. I don't really care. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, but whoever the cornerback for the Falcons who made a business decision on Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. uh, good on you because it would have been embarrassing had you that tried. Was pro Bowler, that was Pro Bowler Desmond Trufant. 
Oh, Clint, that oh. was... Okay. Uh... Well. Yep. Nick Chubb, by the way, always Nick fast Chubb gave him a Nick Chubb gave him a side eye yeah. on the way by <laughs> and just gave him a little nod like, you're right. You're right. That's okay. I, I ain't judging you. Don't start nothing. Won't be nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, Why not? Nick Chubb, by the way, people, has afterburners for days, and it it wasn't something that needed to be discovered. It's always been there, and you're just now recognizing it is the yeah. only thing. Uh, all right, Daniel. That is our defense, our linebacking core, our backfield um, from putting it on people all day long. Uh, I, I love, love our backfield. Uh, goes past 10. Um, our O-line, we've talked about Sam Pittman and doing a great job with our depth and anybody that rotates in, just mauling people. Uh, Daniel, what's your confidence in this team's ability to win the SEC championship? We we said we weren't going to talk about games ahead of us until we got there. Which how long did that last? <laughs> well, well, dare I say I think we're, this is just this is just still hypothetical. So maybe I should put hypothetically if mm-hmm. we were to get into the SEC championship without well, we knowing are. without knowing that we we are let's let's play mm-hmm. in a vacuum in which we don't know that. What's your confidence that this team can win an SEC championship? Gosh, I'm gonna. I'm going to say at my low point this season, it was actually zero. I needed to be very clear that after the LSU game, we ca- I was we on called record. Each, we called our team garbage, Daniel. We did. And we said, are we going to lose a game for the rest of the season? And both of us said no, that we weren't. Yes. And so far, we've both been right. Um, But... If you had pressed me and said, does this team have 1% of a prayer to beat Alabama in the SEC right. Championship game, I would have said no. Right. They do not. Not 1% chance. On a scale of 1 to 10 today, I would probably put my confidence in our ability to win the SEC Championship game at 4. I'm going to say we have 40% chance. To win the SEC Championship game. I'm going to say it's not yet 50-50 that's a in level, my mind. That's a leveled and responsible response, Daniel. I like that. Well, I I take offense to that. Um, so you so for the sake of the podcast, Clint, yes. we're not here to be leveled and responsible. What 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 do you yeah. what's your confidence level? Let me let me let me throw you to the side, Daniel. <laughs> let yeah. me let me, that sounds let, right. Let me kick you in the back and throw you to the side and say this. I can't uh, wait till the episode, by the way, where I get a formal apology from you. <laughs> that's, not, that's what I'm waiting for. I, I'm so, what, you know what, Daniel? Start making your list of formal apologies. I don't think there's anything I need to apologize for to you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe there is. And if okay. so, you, you write it down. Uh, I've already apologized. Look, DeAndre Swift, I've already apologized to. Uh, Juwan Taylor. I've already apologized too. Uh, you're not them, Daniel. What? I'm not them. No, nope, yeah. I'm not them. Um, I am not at a four. I'm not in a nine or a ten or an eight. But I, let me just say this: I, watch the second half. Read analysis by level-headed people outside of ESPN on the second half 
of Alabama game against Mississippi State because Tua, before his injury, got exposed, people. I I watched it. He didn't look crisp. He didn't look sharp. He didn't look like he was making reads. He got exposed as a good quarterback. Brad, Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson violently loudly disagree, disagree with yeah. you. Violently disagree. disagree. Yeah. Uh, Tua, to them, is the second coming of everything Fran Tarkenton to Gary because Gary hasn't hasn't seen a better. He's not, he's not watched quarterback play yeah. since Fran Tarkenton. Correct. Correct. Uh, Gary Danielson does not know who Aaron Rodgers is. No. True or false. No. He no. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is too much of a mamby pamby. He uh, he he mm. throws that back shoulder fade. On, he could have never zone. cut it at Purdue. Couldn't Aaron do it Rogers. at Purdue. No, no. He couldn't have done Aaron, it. At Aaron was he's a West Coast Bay Area Cal mm-hmm. boy. I mean, you can't right. you can't play big boy football, Aaron. Um you're right. But I'm I'm telling you, I'm not I'm probably at a six, Daniel, on the confidence meter rating. Okay. Which which the reason I liked your four is because you put it in a percentage. I'm not saying we have a sixty percent chance of winning. I'm not saying that. Um I'd put it at a at a coin flip because Bama's a good team. I'm, you're not going to hear me say otherwise. They're a good team. Uh, I just, Tua to me, there was one, here, I'll just, one play in particular. Uh, they did this play action crap to the right and they had an H-back tight end in the backfield off the line. Uh, he snuck behind the line and somebody blew their coverage for Mississippi State and Tua threw the ball on him for a five-yard gain, which should have been if, if it was man coverage. And the tight end ran for a huge gain. Tua had one read on that play. That was it. He had one read. That is his game. And then he improvises in the pocket, gets around, and somebody breaks off coverage and comes back. Uh, I have more confidence in our defense to stay disciplined under Mel with the players that we have, with the guys we're rotating in. Uh, We're not going to have those stupid mistakes. And if Tua is going to one read something, give me it all day long. Spicy take, Clint. Spicy take time. You ready? I'm ready. The best player on the University of Alabama's offense mm. is J- is Jerry Judy, the wide receiver. Who? Yeah. Who? He's uh, the best player on their offense. The best unit on Alabama's offense is the wide receiving core. If you haven't That's seen not, if you haven't seen Judy play, that guy is good. Don't don't. Don't do him the disfavor. Don't do us the disfavor of downplaying him. He's real good. Well, listen, Judy and Ruggs and Waddle, uh, Alabama, it's Alabama's wide receivers, to your point, Clint, that make Tua look so good. Yes. Um, and I'm and I'm here for it. Because, listen, I'm not saying we're going to shut him down in the SC Championship game. I'm not I'm – not, I'm not saying one thing or another about that game because we're not here to talk about that. No. But but you can handle a team whose best unit is their wide receiver. I'll take that. Okay. We I'll can, take that all day long. We can long. work with that. Mm-hmm. We can work with that. We can scheme that. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's only one number 18, but there is one yeah. out there for us. Okay. And number 18 can't do much about the greatest quarterback to ever play college football. <laughs> yeah. But fortunately, he doesn't play for Alabama this year. Right. The greatest quarterback to ever play college football. Um, and so we can we can work with a wide receiving core. 
which you I think is it. the strength of that team. So, all right, Daniel. Uh, hey, Daniel. I think I, that's it. Well, there, I think that's it. There's that. Is that's that it? it for Georgia and recapping Auburn. It was a great win. I love it. We our confidence meter is rising. We're peaking at the right time. I, that that phrase has been thrown out by every writer of UGA football in the country has said we're peaking at the right time, but it's actually true. Like it, it's true. So it's keep saying it and I'm excited for it. But Daniel, uh, I want to, I want to ask you something. Oh, okay. Daniel, Question time. Don't, I mean, aren't you concerned about how Kirby has handled Justin Fields and mm. his quarterback ability and the rotation. Mm. And gosh, I mean, we better we better start recruiting because isn't Justin Fields gone after this year? Daniel, he's he's transferring somewhere in the ACC, isn't he? Well, if I've learned anything from Twitter and I've learned everything from all Twitter, the things. Um, he gone. He, he already gone. filed his paperwork. Yeah. He's not going to the ACC. He's going to Florida. He's going to go play for Dan Mullen. He's going to go, I guess, co-quarterback with Emory Jones. Yeah. I guess something yeah. something like that. Um, he's going to Florida. He's already transferred. He's already There's a, there's a handshake agreement, I believe. Yeah, him a, and Kirby have a silent agreement. That's correct. Silent handshake agreement. Um, I, I um, Listen, Justin Fields got more playing time. I, was, I loved it. In this mm-hmm. game, I loved the experience that he got. I loved that he got more playing time. Um, he did have some struggles down by the goal line, and I'm not here to ring Justin Fields over the coals for that. He made two mistakes. He he had a penalty, a delay game penalty that was his fault, and he yep. made a horrendous decision to run backwards for 15 yards. He, he was a classic, classic mobile quarterback whose athleticism got in his way. Correct. Uh, on that play, which is that's that's fine. Um, I want to speak directly to the Justin Fields transfer hysteria for a minute, though, mm. because as 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 I mentioned in the last show, I was doing a little math, <laughs> and and math time is a sacred time for me. It's a real, <laughs> it's a time when I'm just able to get alone with my thoughts. Is I that, like to get a is nice that candle hot, coming back, hot beverage. I like to light a candle. Yeah, there's stare a candle. Into it for about five minutes. Really get myself in a nice zen-like state. Um, What led me to start doing some math was that I had a thought to myself. I wonder if Jake Fromm is going to get drafted. He's playing well. I wonder if Jake Fromm is going to play his way into the NFL draft. And so I started doing a little rudimentary research on the internet and I started okay. looking at uh Jay Fromm I started looking at 2020 mock drafts that's after Jake Fromm's junior season that's not a, that's not this next draft which he won't be eligible for but it's the following no. one I started looking at 2020 NFL mock drafts and I looked at one and I looked at another and I looked at another and I looked at another and every single one of them had Jake Fromm drafted in the first round mm-hmm. of the 2020 NFL draft, many of them had him as the number two overall pick mm-hmm. behind Tua, behind only Tua, who will also be eligible for the draft that year. Uh, let me ask you something, Clint. 
Mm-hmm. Do people who are going to be the number two overall pick, do they come back for their senior season? Uh, the leadership committee of the NFL rookies that is collectively bargained to speak and advocate on their behalf won't allow them to. But, but Clint, follow up. What if they're just a good old boy from Georgia that just loves fishing and hunting mm-hmm. and wearing camo mm-hmm. and being a Georgia Bulldog? What if they just really love being a Georgia Bulldog? Then will they come back for their senior year if they're going to be the number two overall pick in the NFL draft? Quick, uh, quick follow-up. When you are 33, retired from the NFL... And you have had five years of being paid fifteen, twenty million. Do you think you'll have some time in your thirties to go do all that, Daniel? Yeah, you could call that prime of life, hunting and fishing age. You could. you could call it. You could call yeah. that. Listen, um, Georgia fans, Jake Fromm, he gone. He's gone, people. After next year, yes. Okay, that guy has played himself. From a backup to Jacob Eason, the future number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Okay, by the way, remember? I do. Remember? I'm looking at you, Georgia fans. Remember when you knew that was true? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Jake Fromm has played his way from backup to Jacob Eason extraordinaire. Maybe he'll get one one year of starting job after Jacob Eason goes to the NFL. To now being a surefire draft pick. After his junior season. Now, Clint, that leaves us in a bit of a pickle, doesn't mm, it? Because it does. I'll tell you what. If Justin Fields transfers, which to reiterate, it's guaranteed. he's going to do, guaranteed, sure. then we're not going to have a quarterback after next year. We're toast. But then I started doing some math, Clint, and I started ah. realizing that if Justin Fields transfers, um, is he going to play next year? He he can't. Daniel. No, he'll be ineligible to play. Correct. So if he transfers, he's not going to play next, next year. Next year, correct. Um, and then when will he begin to play? Uh, that is in two the years. The following year, correct? Yeah, Daniel. in two years he'll begin to play. Um, so then, how many years will he have to play before he's eligible for the NFL draft? He'll two more. Just, just the one year, and then he'll oh, be eligible. He'll, he'll have be, two he'll more be gone from yeah. yeah, the red shirt. Yeah, yeah, the transfer red shirt. Yeah, you're right. So the first year he can be drafted is 2021. Correct. And so after he red shirts a year, correct, he will have one year to play, and then it will be 2021. Okay. But if he were to stay at Georgia, Clint, let me ask mm-hmm. you this: Would he play at all next year? Yep. Yeah, okay, yes. So he would get snaps next year as opposed to transferring where he would get zero snaps. Yeah. Next so year. that's what I, you're saying? I'm I'm saying that if I see a guy on a field currently with a very competent good quarterback and mm-hmm. next year he's only going to get uh-huh. better and part uh-huh. of the system, uh-huh. it it only goes to show probably that he's going to get the same if not more snaps if he stays where he's at. Let's go to worst case scenario, DEFCON 5, Jim Cheney is an idiot status, yeah. though. Um, because what if he only gets garbage time snaps? 
next is, year. Is that, is that more or less than zero snaps whatsoever? I think that's more. I'm not good at math, that's but still I think more. that's okay, more. That, but then when just when Jake Fromm goes to the NFL in 2020, mm-hmm. then who's going to be the starter at Georgia? Oh, wait if a Justin second. Field stays. Wait a second. I, I think this is this isn't math. I think this is just deduction skills. Mm, Wouldn't okay. that be the next guy on the depth chart that is the highest yeah. rated recruit ever in the history of Georgia? Probably Justin Fields. Oh yeah, that's yeah, probably probably him. So then, how many years would he be able to be the starter at Georgia before he's eligible for his first NFL draft? So I think I think that's, Daniel, he'd have one full season. I, so what you what I'm saying is, if Justin Fields transfers, he will lose snaps in college football. Correct, Daniel. He is losing before he's eligible time. for the NFL draft. And and I don't if know, he, Daniel. If he da- stays, draft he will gain snaps. Draft evaluators. Do they like do seeing they like guys? To, do they like tape? Is that I think, is that a thing? I think for they them? do. I think they like seeing tape. How much tape does the uh, Florida practice field? How much of that gets sent to the NFL? Uh, well, I don't think. I think to to their their chagrin, I don't think Mullins does any no, practice I taping. Think, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think any of it gets sent. No. Listen, guys. Justin Fields is not going to transfer. Do you know why? Because why? he has half a brain. There you go. Because he has... Guess who doesn't have half a brain, Georgia fans? Mm-hmm. Us. Yep. Okay? Everyone who is losing their minds about Justin Fields transferring. Because, listen, Justin Fields is here. He has burned his red shirt for this year. He's he, guys. He played in last game, which, by the way, in so, case you needed some help on how many games is four games, we're past four games. Yeah. So he his red shirt is gone for this year, which means that when Jake Fromm goes to the NFL after his junior year, which do you think Kirby's going to talk to Justin Fields about that? Do you think Kirby might might explain this this very rudimentary line of thinking to him? How one plus some is bigger than one plus zero? Is that? It sounds to me that Kirby is a smart enough man that he might do so, Daniel. Listen, if he does, if he needs it, I'll mail him a candle <laughs> and he can stare into it for a little bit. And listen, guys, Justin Fields, it ain't gonna, he ain't going to transfer. He, no. He's not going to transfer because the smartest thing for his future is to stay at UGA. He ain't going to transfer because the most playing time for him is at UGA. Now, should Justin Fields have signed somewhere else out of high school? If you want to try to make that argument to me, go ahead. But as he stands right now, he would be an idiot if he transferred. Daniel, let me ask you this. Let's say that he did do that. Let's say he stuck with his previous commit and Trace McSorley at Penn State right now. So he's at Penn State. He's a freshman. He's in, in the old blue and white. Is he getting any snaps right now ahead of Trace McSorley, the now all-time winningest quarterback at Penn State? No. No, he's no, not. He's not. He's riding that pine. Correct. Franklin is not going to play him above Trace McSorley, I guarantee you. Listen, Justin Fields, Justin Fields is going to make the best decision for him, and the best decision for him is to stay at Georgia and to have another year where he's the backup and then to be the starter at Georgia for either one or two years, whichever he sees as the best fit for his future in the NFL. And guys, that's it. That's it. 
we will have quarterbacks, consecutive quarterbacks on our team drafted. Correct. And Jake Fromm and Justin Fields. Correct. Because he ain't going anywhere. Nope. Guys, he's not going anywhere. Um, I'll tell you what he is going to do. He's going to play a heck of a lot against UMass. Oh, this my week. good night. You, if you want an excuse to watch UMass, there it is right there. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what I want to see. I want to see a lot of Justin Fields, and then I want to see zero first-string offensive linemen in this game. Zero. Cade Mays, bro. Don't. Andrew Thomas, don't wear a jersey. Nope. We're not. We're not interested in your participation in this game whatsoever. Ben Cleveland, who tried to get a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct on the very first play he was in against Auburn. <laughs> ben Cleveland said, I've been sitting out four games. I'm going to punch somebody in the jaw real quick. And he almost got it. The ref almost obliged him to give him the 15-yarder. Uh-huh. Uh, ben Cleveland, go ahead and work up that lather in pregame and then mail it in, brother. Yeah. Just let's get out of this game. Injury-free. Let's spend half the week practicing for Georgia Tech. Uh, and let's be ready for Thanksgiving. Mm, yep. Georgia fans, the Temple game, the Temple basketball game is tomorrow. I'm telling you, it's a must watch. Uh, and then we will be back here with our locks. Mm-hmm. Two weeks left in the regular season. We'll be back with locks this week. Is that it? Is that all we got? That's all we got. The the one last thing I will say is... Um, it's never all. That's never all we got. There's always the, something else. The last thing I'll say is... Uh, if you guys didn't see Big Cat get ejected and leave the field... Oh, Big Cat. Remember that for, time you were going to come to Georgia and be a dog? Remember that time, brother? Remember that time? We, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Okay, we got we got Adam Anderson, Britton Cox. We good, bro. Uh, yeah, no, big fine. We fine. Big Cat took about 45 minutes to get from sideline to locker room at UGA. Let me ask you, did Big Cat did Big Cat have have some dreams about this game? Mm. In the in the weeks leading up to mm. it, was he did he have this one circled on his calendar? He did. Did Big did Big Cat have some have some nights when he woke up in the morning after dreaming about this game where he had to change the sheets on his bed in he his did. dorm? And then what happened? Then, did did he get to play that game, Daniel? No, he gone. He gone. And he just sulked off the field <laughs> like a two-year-old that you just took away a transformer from. I'm talking about. Hmm. Now there's nothing sweeter than watching that. Oh, it was so good. Gosh. So good. It's good to see people rewarded justly for their dirty plays. Ain't it? Ain't uh, it? All right, dog fans. Have a great week. Enjoy some UJ basketball. Get ready for some locks on Thursday, and we'll talk to you then. See you.